Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. You know, I would say, I would hasten to say that I know we had a relationship. Relations would build up over time, but until... Until we saved their ass in World War One, uh, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of respect out there. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. <laughs> Hello, Modern Jeepers. Mattson here, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This week is all about patriotism. In another random episode, Mr. Modern Jeeper Corey Osborne and I discuss Independence Day, patriotism, and what the 4th of July truly means. Corey and I delve into the definition of patriotism, why you can just get it done in a place like Idaho, loving good old Americana, why it is easier to live in a nanny state, why Corey thinks I need a goat, the strangeness of weather in America, the craziness of the upcoming CTI tour schedule, where Corey is going to be next, why we celebrate independence on July 4th, why signing the Declaration of Independence was like committing suicide, why it would be impossible today, why we're a republic and not a democracy, my federal city theory, American patriot Roger Penske, and Corey's challenge to us all. This week, we forego the popular tech tip of the week so we can share a few memories of the recently lost Kevin Carroll of Red Dot Engineering, a true modern jeeper who lived his life with standards we should all strive to achieve. As a note, remember to visit modernjeepershow.com for a list of helpful links after this episode. As always, we are extremely grateful to our partners, including Raceline Wheels, Warren Winches, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, and of course, Metal Cloak. So, sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 23 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hello, Modern Jeepers. It's another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. I'm here. It's Matson with Metal Cloak and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, guys. Hey, Matson. Hey. So, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday, but it's going to be playing on Thursday, July 4th. So, I just figured we'd make this into the patriotic episode. Uh, all about America, all about the red, white, and blue. What do you think? I think that is an outstanding idea. It's, it's, it's definitely, there's always a time that we should be showing more patriotism and, and standing up for, and knowing more about the history of our, our country. That's, that is it. And I, and I wanted to find patriotism, not just in the standpoint of like raw, 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 raw America, USA, 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 but it's, it's loving your country. It's, it's, and part of loving your country is understanding your country. And many times I think, and this is me getting on my soapbox, that they don't teach enough about true American history um, or what it really took 
to to build this country. And because of that, we tend to be very multicultural. Well, there's nothing wrong with multiculturalism, but when you start losing the American identity, um, you start losing what it means to be an American, what it means to be a patriot. And to me, that's the true patriotism is, is, is understanding and loving your country and appreciating the history of your country and what it took to get here today, what it took to be able to be here right now with you and I talking about whatever the heck we want. We could say crap about our government. We could talk about other people. We could do whatever really we wanted. And there's not going to be a knock on the door from some agency saying you're not allowed to say that unless of course you threaten the life of the president, but that would be stupid anyway. Well, and you bring up so many good points. It's um, we, we take so much for granted. And the fact that we're have this, we all share this avid passion for jeeping and off-roading and it's, it comes from, uh, family oriented being together and this this camaraderie that is how the history of America began and I think we we forget that we're not we don't have to run our podcasts through some other sort of filter in order to get it approved to make sure it's okay so that other people can listen to it and in some countries that's just not the case Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, freedom of the media, freedom of speech doesn't exist in, in some places. And and the strictness that is within their boundaries, and some people are like that. Some people want to live that way. That's fine. Uh, the freedom we have in America also comes with the freedom of responsibility, though. Sometimes we forget that with freedom comes responsibility. And responsibility, it, it's, it's much easier to live in a nanny state because somebody else is telling you what to do. It's much harder to be responsible for your actions, responsible for what it takes to live day to day, responsible for taking your freedom and treating it right and not doing, as we like to say, don't be stupid, don't be irresponsible. But it, this is this is the value of having freedom. It's the value of being in a, in a country. I, I like to use a little story that I just learned, and I'll, it's my new favorite story. And it, to me, it talks about America. So Landon, our, our sales guy, just got back from a week's trip in northern Idaho. And up there, his brother-in-law has 10 acres. Now, everybody, all the neighbors up there have like 10 acres, right? That's just what they do. So it's very safe. Very, uh, The kids just go running out in, into the yards and goes have, have fun. And he said he got there and he saw his kids only when they came back in to eat. Um, and it was, it's just good old Americana. Now, the interesting part about all that is they had about three weeks ago, decided to take down a side of their house and just rebuild it at a, at a larger wing. No big deal, right? That should take probably here in California, five months to finish, but (laughs) there it was done in about two weeks. Why? Because the neighbors all came out and they all did the work. Oh, wow. He literally said, you can walk into the church and say, yeah, I think I want to put a new septic line in tomorrow. You'll wake up in the morning and half your neighbors will be there drinking coffee, uh, waiting for you to get up so they can help you. That's how America was built. You know, it, we like to see all these these movies about cowboys and about, you know, fights and stuff like that and the gunslingers. But America was built on neighbors helping neighbors and and us working. That's the American spirit, the American individualism, that American patriotism. When when 
when the Declaration of Independence was signed, which we'll talk about here in a bit, everybody in there was doing the same thing that those neighbors were doing. They were committing to help each other and support each other to build a great nation. You know, it's it's um, it's too bad. And I feel that it, it makes me think of all the different parts of our our country and how different it is. And like you said, you know, Landon traveled outside to a state where things can still take place like that. And then I think of, you know, the folks that are in uh, a big city and, and no different than a Sacramento or, or LA or New York or even Amarillo, Texas. I mean, the fact that people may get together and want to to take care of something and help each other out. But then we have all these limitations in so many different parts of the country that don't allow us to necessarily do that. And I think that's sad. And I understand, like you said, it's it's about responsibility and and taking care of those things. If we don't do that, then yeah, then we get these these blinders kind of put on us and we get guided and we have to be shown how to do things and make sure it's okay to do things a certain way. Um, and I think that's unfortunate. It is because we, we, we get to the point where we're, we're, you know, I, and I'll say this, I, I know a few of my neighbors. I don't know all my neighbors and um, I've had, you know, I try to be neighborly, try to interact with my neighbors and, and do that. But I've lived places where I didn't know any of my neighbors and I never took the time to go and talk to them. Right. You, and it's so easy, especially when you're more and more of a dense city or a dense area where we just do our thing. We get in, we go into our house, we do our stuff, we leave, right? Um, we don't take the time to build communities. And a community means that we are, you know, we, we have an off-road community here and we're friends and we get together and we do stuff. Well, in your own town, your you know, community comes from that commune, that group of all of us really wanting to be together, talk work with each other. And when we do that, we make things better. If we tend to ignore everybody, if we tend to ignore uh, or our, our neighbors and just live our little narrow lives, and we're not contributing to that freedom, we're not contributing to the community, we're not making life better. And I don't know about you, but I've always believed that when it's all said and done, and I'm walking up to the pearly gates, the only thing that matters is, did you really make a difference? Did did something in your life make a difference? And I know we're going to be talking about some people that did make a difference uh, later in this episode, but back to, uh, I'm going to jump off of my soapbox again, because this is supposed to be the patriotic <laughs> episode, which means about fun, enjoyment, understanding what it is to be a patriot. But before we get into that, um, you've, you've got some stuff going on. Let's make sure we update our people on, on what's happening event-wise, because um, you are on your way to where? I am. I'm actually in Oklahoma right now. And, okay. Uh, I'm I'm on the way to Disney, Oklahoma for, I think this is going to be the 12th. This will be the 12th annual Crawl for Christ event um, that's put on by the United Christian Off-Road Alliance. And what a, I, I was reading a little bit about the, the history and the mission of these guys and, and kind of how this event began, began. and it, it really is um, very similar to uh, all of the things that you brought up. It's this camaraderie. It's this sense of need. It's how do we get together and do good things for, for people? And, and how do we, 
how do we reach people? How do we not just live our lives with our, our blinders on and, and not affect the people around us? Um, these guys actually have these these fundraising events and it happens to be at, at Disney, Oklahoma, a really cool off-roading place. Um, and they actually have cash donations that they, they send out to help people, mostly homeless. In, in 2018, they sent out uh, over 200 sleeping bags to the homeless. Um, wow. Things like that. And, wow. and yeah, it's just really a, a cool thing. And yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And Disney, I've, I've always wanted to wheel there. I've been through Oklahoma a couple of times and uh, we have some great friends in Oklahoma and, um, and a lot of great support in Oklahoma, but, um, wow, Disney, that's, a, that's supposed to be a beautiful area. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm same thing. I've, I've never wheeled at Disney and I've seen some just amazing pictures and I know they have a lot of really cool trails. What I'm, what I'm most concerned about, and this is just a me personally thing is that Oklahoma has had so much, uh, rainfall, uh, rainfall and water the some of the really cool pictures i've seen taken are on the back side of this this spillway and it's my understanding that the the spillway is still open um which means that we may or may not get to actually uh drive up through some of these pretty cool uh washes that get created when they when they shut down the spillway but I totally understand that. I'd rather people be safe and not wash away um, <laughs> right. than us being able to wheel on it. So Right. Well, that's too bad because I've seen that some images. We talked about this before in the podcast when you were first talking about this event. I'm, that the, that waterfall and some of the stuff you get to go out there just looks incredible. So I really do hope you get a chance to wheel through that because it looks like quite an experience. And I'd love to see some pictures of Golden Spike crawling its way Absolutely. through there. Absolutely. It, we've had some, again, it's been such an interesting weather year, even driving through here uh, to get here uh, through Colorado, the top of Texas. Um, yesterday, they had some horrible weather and ping pong sized hail and, oh, wow. and all kinds of crazy stuff and lots more water. Um, <laughs> you know, I get it. We, we, we've been in a drought for so long. I think that from being from Western Colorado, we're just freaked out by how much moisture has been coming down. <laughs> well, and it's kind of funny. It's just weird. Like you get into Oregon, which Oregon's known for having good rainfall. And, you know, my, my place in Lincoln city, um, I get about a hundred inches a year. Right. And so that's, that's been the average. And so when we're setting up Tillamook and we're planning on doing Tillamook, my question was, okay, great. So we're going to have a big bonfire or a big campfire. Well, it turns out that this year, is drier than most and therefore the forest itself the camping fire permit will not be allowed we'll still have fire campfire in the can all kind of stuff we're still going to do something like that so don't miss out but it, it was just odd that that a year where usually there's so much more moisture happening in oregon of all places there's less than normal yeah it's funny to think about 100 inches of rainfall and it's dry right right <laughs> That being said, apparently I have a two foot, two feet of grass in my house up there that I, I recently learned about. So, <laughs> so <laughs> been enough for it to goat. grow. Yeah. You so, need to buy a goat uh, or something. I Yes. I need a goat. I think Aaron was supposed to be getting a goat because he has on his property, he has about eight acres up in rescue. And um, we were trying to get him to buy a goat to get rid of his uh, poison oak. Um, but I guess if you do that, there's some downsides to actually having the goat around you because it might exude 
I don't know. That's something interesting. If, if a goat, if a goat eats poison oak, because I know they will, they'll eat plenty of it. Do you then want to pet them <laughs> or not? Huh. That's I interesting. If, I, mean... I wonder if any skin oils or anything comes out into the or something to look up. So for our our highly knowledgeable fan base out there, if you know the answer to that question, let me know. Yeah. Um, right. So so let's get back to to Fourth of July. I mean, event wise. Just to wrap up, I'll, I'll jump around here like we usually do. I am uh, doing Tillamook next weekend. We just had a uh, an opening spot. There is a spot available for a Jeep. If anybody wanted to jump in last minute, let us know. Corey, you're going to be driving out um, uh, with Jeremy from Outlaw Jeep Adventures and uh, Brian um, coming out and joining us out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll be heading out probably Tuesday in the RV, heading up there, getting there probably sometimes late Wednesday, get things set up for our guys. But if anybody is interested in taking that open spot, um, please uh, reach out to me, Matt's at medical.com, and I will get you set up. And it's you don't have to have two people. It can be one person per, per Jeep. This is a different kind of event. But based on the call that we all had last week about how this event is going to go, I'm even more excited than ever. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, really it's going to be it. fun. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. We, uh, I may need a, a day uh, to actually just sleep, but I think that uh, between the three of us driving out there and hooking up with you and getting the event ready and going, it's going to be it's going to be a great event, and I look forward to that. And that's that's going to carry us through the middle of July. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we have it's kind of interesting this year. We've we've got some juggling that we're probably going to end up doing and i'm not sure what that looks like yet we do have all for fun in in buena vista colorado at the end of this month and that rolls into the beginning of august uh so again we we've got some we're still busy this Mm -hmm. we're we're about maybe a third of the way into the season so um if you have an idea for an event if you're anywhere in the country and you're thinking you know what that cti trader would be a good addition Make sure you holler at us. You can reach me at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y at MetalCloak.com or reach out to Matson. hit us up on Facebook, anything. Let us know if you've got something coming up and and you think it'd be a good fit. Yeah, because it's you, we get through July. Um, you've got a lot of stuff. August, you've got um, a lot of traveling to do. I do believe, and we, we this, this may change, but as of right now, this will be the first year in what, five, six years that we will not be at Allbreeds uh, in PA. Uh, that is that is the way it's looking. I just yeah. don't see us being able to to pull that off because after Tillamook, Albreeds is that next weekend. Yeah, and, uh, and that it's, means and it, it's. I think 2014 was the first year that I went out there, um, and you've been doing it every year since. So and it's a it's a great show, and we replaced their um, RTI trailer that they were doing um, out there at one point, and you know, with the CTI, and they've loved it. But I, so we're gonna miss you guys, but um, we will. Definitely try to be back next year. Um, Absolutely. Get in August. You've got uh, the Modern Jeep Adventure Rubicon trip um, from the 18th through the 21st. The 17th is an, a unique event called Stakes and Stories that is done out in the bowl. Well, it'll be a little bit different this year, uh, so it's location, but a guy named um, Tim Green uh, started putting this on, and it's just a, a big fundraising event for the Rubicon um that's a that's a one-day event pretty cool then you've got a couple of trips you've got smoky mountain you've got sheriff's jeep fest at the end of oh the my month. gosh 
yeah, yeah. August is uh, August is absolutely crazy. I think we start off with with uh, Muddy Buddies this year, uh, a Jeep Jam up in Ohio, before even uh, Smoky Mountain, and then end up. Uh, we'll do smoky mountain we'll do sheriffs we're going to go out and give the sheriff out in 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 jasper georgia another attempt to uh kind of make things a little bit better for us than, <laughs> right uh, than happened last year yeah and uh but i think it's been good he's reached out to me a number of times and has made a lot of promises and and this year it'll be fine and then on the after sheriff's jeep fest we're going to go to a new event, a gentleman that reached out to us called the Coal Pit Crusade, which is back up in Pennsylvania, and I'll hit them. That, that's, that's the first week of September, so wow. August is, is pretty much a blur. Right, August and September. So if you have events later in September, I think there's some openings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, and then from there, uh, you know, it starts slowing down in October, November, but so we do have some openings out there. So yeah, as Corey said, reach out to us, especially if you are somewhere between Colorado and the East Coast. Um, and it might be something Corey can stop by on his way back if he um, hasn't already burned himself out for for those four or five weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, even if something is simple, you know, we, we used to do quite a few little open houses and things like that. And if I can work it into the schedule, I'd be happy to stop by your shop. And, and you know, maybe we don't even run the CTI trader. We can just hang out, have some hot dogs, chat, something like that. Uh, if you have something, again, reach out to us. Let us know. Sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, schedule-wise, got a lot going on. Um, we are working. We, we apologize this year because we didn't do a great job of, of putting our schedule out. And it's primarily been because we need more people working on that stuff out here. We just... There's been so much happening with website changes, with improvements, with building things up and all the stuff that we've done that the little maintenance stuff that we used to do, like putting up events, just wasn't uh, wasn't made a priority. And so um, we're working on making that better for everybody um, and because we know that you've asked, like, where are you going to be? So that's kind of why we, we share it through here at Modern Jeeper and at other places on the Metal Cloak site and uh, on ModernJeeper.com, et cetera. So, well, and for our listeners, they need to they they should really understand how many changes have actually taken place, even even outside of that. You know, our 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 modernjeeper.com website is is ran through WordPress, and there's only a couple of hundred thousand different variations of calendar systems with that exist within <laughs> WordPress. Right, and, and we've we've found some that are really really intricate and really creative and allowed people to put their own information in. But, you know, again, it's, it's more change and, and it does take people and it takes time. And as far as the, the calendars that existed on, on Metal Cloak's website, Metal Cloak has undergone a complete 180 in, in software and, and what systems are in place and how it's utilized. So they'll get, we'll get back up on top of it. It's just going to take us some time. It is. And it's a constant learning process. In fact, we'll be doing a major shift this, this, another major shift this month. It seems every month there's a, there's a new core in this overall systems change that we focused on this year. And, um, and this month, uh, as soon as we get back from July 4th holiday, there's another cog in that wheel that's being put into place. And it's probably one of the biggest ones we've done. We'll talk more about um, down the road from a business standpoint for those that are interested but it's uh, it is definitely a, a major major uh, uh, gear change happening on the eighth. 
Uh, that just is all about improving our systems and improving how we do things, making it uh, easier and quicker to ship product to you, making sure there's more product on the shelf, all the things we need to do to uh, continue to grow and serve our amazing customers. Well, and that's just it. We, without the customers, we wouldn't have needed to make any of these these switches. Um, <laughs> right. But because of the great demand and the great following that that Metal Coke has and the awesome products, of course, um, yeah, you you got to stay ahead of it. And uh, kudos to everybody out there because I'm I'm the guy that's running around the country, you know, uh, sleeping in hotels and and answering emails. Uh, I have the easy <laughs> side. Um, yeah. So. Everybody back to, there has to figure out how to get product to the people. Exactly, and it's been it's been fun. So uh, that comes back to um, to what this is this Patreon episode because there's some things there you said that that really inspired me a little bit. First off, let's go back into what is July Fourth. So you know, July Fourth is a date that was chosen to be the day of celebration of America's independence. Independence from what? Well, that was independence from the King of England because we were part of England up until then. We were simply the colonies, the guys across the bay, the guys who over there who didn't, uh, they didn't really matter. We kind of produced some stuff for them. There was great commerce as, as the colonies grew. There was a lot of commerce and taxing and stuff that supported. And we won't really get into the taxation without representation or all the other real causes of, of the independence but and American Revolution because I think that's something that you should at your end, take a little bit of time to read and understand and learn about because it's important. As we were talking earlier, part of being patriot is part of understanding the history of your country. However, you get into, uh, I will recommend the John Adams miniseries. Um, that was an incredible miniseries. You know, I, I can't say for sure how accurate, or I'm sure there are historians that will argue back and forth about um, how accurate it was. And, and it, it truly is a great portrayal, though, of what it took uh, to become um, the America we know, what it took to, to, to step away from your parents, essentially. Think about from this standpoint, you have a family, you disagree with your father, and you decide to leave and then just not look back. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. And we did that with our father at the time, which was the King of England. So on July 2nd, after much debate, uh, a group of guys who were getting together to discuss about the future of America decided to declare independence. That was July 2nd. Then Thomas Jefferson was tasked with writing the Declaration of Independence, which was something he did reluctantly because he was not to, he was incredibly well-written he was uh, a, a well-educated man, an engineer, a self-taught architect. Um, but he took the time to write this amazing document that had very little edits when it was done. So July 4th, that's when the document was submitted and accepted. That's why we use July 4th as our date of uh, Declaration of Independence, our July 4th, our birthday of our country, July 4th, 1776. Now, if I remember correctly, it was, what, almost a month or, or longer before it was completely signed. But I, I think that's correct, yes. 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 So it was, I, I think that it was, um, yeah, it was like, like August 2nd or something like that, where that was when the declaration was signed by everybody, I guess. Completed. Right. And You're right. And that was because you had to have the right people signing it. Right. And you had to go back and not every, 
not everybody in the meeting could simply sign. They all had to go back to their their governments and their colonies and kind of get approval and be able to do it so that everybody, you know, it was all it was all part of the legal process at the time. So the document gets signed, but July 4th becomes the date that we're really taking the time to say, okay, this is it. It's official. It's a document. We are separating away. Now, now understand in that time and in that era, I declaring independence was treasonous to the king of England. Right, right. And treason didn't mean like you're going to spend some time in jail. I mean, technically, even on the books of the United States, uh, if you commit treason against the government, it's a death sentence. But these days, we tend to apparently not enforce that. And so you commit treason. What does that mean? Well, you know, go spend some time in a federal penitentiary someplace. Um, But or get debated out in news and become famous because you committed treason against your own government, which is just ridiculous. But this was a death penalty. It was an instant death penalty. It was a no questions asked death penalty when you declared treason against uh, the king. The independence became that treasonous act that meant everyone there, everybody who signed that document, every individual put their name on that document was signing their own death warrant. And, That's and, right. And I'll repeat that. They were signing their death warrant. And and even though many of them survived through the Revolutionary War, obviously Thomas Jefferson, some others, um, many of them lost everything. They were because the government simply the king came in and seized whatever assets they had. You know, it was it was that was it. You are simply you're being treasonous, you're going against the king, you have nothing. So many of them were new. Moving forward, the moment they put ink to paper, that they were going to become, uh, they could be losing their lives, losing their families. They were committing everything. So it's, and I, I say that, and, I, and, I, and I'm getting a little serious here because, again, you're getting my soapbox. Can you imagine doing that? Is there anything right now you can imagine doing where you would be willing to put your signature on a line knowing that you could lose your house, lose your family, lose your life by doing that. It, it's amazing to me the actual thought of a group of guys going, hey, you know, there's this, this our, our leaders are across this big body of water and we've got some ideas and we think we can do this better. We're tired. We, we, want, we want our independence. So let's sit down. We're going to construct this document, basically just explaining the situation and and how we're going to do it. And we're all going to sign it, and then we're going to step back and we're going to go, okay, come come try and enforce it. Can you imagine doing that today? So as a state wants to secede from the union, a a group of five individuals, ten individuals get together and they think, hey, you know what? Let's just write up this document and let's let's try to pull this off. It's crazy to think about way back then they didn't know they didn't know even what most of our countries looked like and right and here they were saying yeah we're gonna take it and we're gonna run with it right i mean it it wasn't that there was this grand vision that somebody came along and said so if you do this in 200 years america is going to be the most powerful nation on the world (laughs) right they didn't know that they just knew that they were trying to move forward with something that they've been you know, generations, you got to realize that when the 1776 came around, there have been several generations of, of this 
fledgling nation being built and there was commerce. There's a great autobiography. Um, the same guy who did the uh, Steve Jobs autobiography, I'm going to look it up here. So you might hear some typing, um, did an autobiography on, or did it not an autobiography, excuse me, did a biography on, um, Benjamin Franklin. So, and, and the biography of Benjamin Franklin is incredible because reading it was the first time I read anything where it gave me a true insight into what it was like to live in that era. And, you know, we think about all the, the modern uh, amenities we have now and the life we live now and the commerce and everything we have going on. And you, and I think back, you know, it's just easy to think back, Oh, you know, back in those days, things were simple and they didn't really have complex systems and they didn't have complex politics and they didn't have complex commerce and they didn't have, which is bullshit because you start reading this, you realize that the, the level of complexity that existed in their lives, the systems that they had set up, the business structures, the, the, um, the, the, the community politics, the, all the things that we experience today existed in those days and it, in day-to-day life, it was just structured differently and, and obviously a little bit more analog than this digital world we live in now. But when people start complaining about how mean and rotten politics is today, go back and look at some of the stuff they were doing in this, in the 1700s, go back and look at some of the stuff they were doing even post-revolutionary when they started getting into into elections and, and into the 1800s, we're actually fairly tame compared oh, to absolutely. what was that out there. So it, it's, it, but again, reading that book, that autobiography about Benjamin Franklin, or excuse me, I keep using the term autobiography. The biography of Benjamin Franklin um, is an incredible, incredible insight into the founding of our country, into an, a man who, uh, who had been second to none and the interesting part about him, uh, I thought was interesting, is that he was actually world famous and more famous overseas than he was here. Um, his whole lightning rod concept and the invention of, you know, we all know, learn as kids that he discovered electricity. Well, he didn't really discover electricity. He just simply found that if you put something up higher than anything else around it, the electricity, would, the lightning would go to it. And so he could attract it. So those theories, he created what was called the lightning rod. Now, nobody in the U.S. really cared about that. Nobody in England cared about it. But somehow in France, they cared about it and it became a big thing. So he was famous in France. And because of this little invention called the lightning rod, which is why he was the ambassador sent over to France when we did declare the revolution to try to get the French to join us and be part of the war machine. Because again, we go back to the idea that they they signed this Declaration of Independence. We didn't have a standing army. We didn't right. have war machines. We didn't have ships. You're, you're deciding to go against one of the most powerful navies in the world. You're deciding to go against one of the most disciplined armies in the world. And you know you're gonna have a war ahead of you and you barely have a general barely have an army you barely have you, you you don't have any of this stuff and you don't know if your neighbor is going to be for you or going to be for the king it's it, it's it is mind-blowing and mind-numbing to think 
that you would take these leaps forward. So I do recommend that John Adams uh, 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 miniseries because it does a great job of giving you some insight into what they were dealing with. I do recommend uh, the Benjamin Franklin biography um, because it is a huge insight into the mindset of the people of the time trying to to uh, to go down this path that I I couldn't do it. I I think about the fact that I'm a patriot and that if it came down to it, I would pick up arms and be on the front line right away to defend everybody. I have friends who, and it's even tougher now because I do have family and I have friends who said, you know, if, if the shit hits the fan there, they would take their family and their entire job would be to protect their family. And I'm torn because my first instinct is to go to the front line and to be there as opposed to protect my family. But that's, that's, these guys were all deciding to just step right to the front line. Every one of them that signed that step to the front line their families be damned, their personal possessions be damned, no matter their own personal lives be damned. They were going to the front line to um, to push forward with this vision that we could have a greater America. Well, yeah, and I don't think people understand that that after they signed this document, um, Britain actually attacked the U.S. a couple of times. Uh, and in, in the early 1800s, uh, the Capitol was burned down a couple of times. Um, you know, they, we, it wasn't like we signed it and Britain went, okay, well, I guess they're going to go off and do their own thing. So it's all good. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, even after the Revolutionary War, sure, we won the war, but we never quite won. You know, I would say, I would hasten to say that I know we had a relationship. Relations would build up over time. But until... Until we saved their ass in World War One, uh, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of respect out there um, for this this fledgling nation. nation. Saved in World War One, saved in World War Two. Um, that you know this. Well, this as I recall, the 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 U.S. that we we were we were initially we weren't really a democracy. We were we were drafted as like a, a republic. Um, and we because there was a fear. There was a fear of all these small groups. Going, yep. hey, um, this is going to give too many people control, and you know, if we go to a democracy, um, that's that's not going to be our intention. Um, but I mean, here we are, all these years later, and it's a it's a very well oiled democracy. I don't want to get into the political side of our democracy, <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, it was it's good. It goes along to that whole I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United right. States of America and to the Republic, Republic. Yes. for which it stands. And that's that's one of the reasons why um, I brought out the cloaked Republic. When I coined the term cloaked Republic, it was done intentionally. We weren't just the cloaked nation or the metal cloaked nation or, or something. We were the cloaked Republic. And uh, it is important to me to try to remind Americans all the time that we are a Republic. Um, and you're absolutely right to the Republic for which we stand. What is a Republic? A Republic means that we are not ruled by mass, um, simply by mob rule. Democracy can, pure democracy can be mob rule. California, you know, I love the initiative process. I think it's a great way for individuals to have power, but the end of result is that you get another bunch of initiatives passed in California that create this, this, 
state that is struggling to to meet the needs of its people is spending way too much money on things it shouldn't be spending on and it's sure we have the weather but man everything else about this state is is falling apart and it is again that idea that it's trying to be oh it's being a democracy it's being democratic it's not really holding on to the core of itself as a republic but that's the beauty of our nation as well is that every state has its own form of government um, they're all, you know, they, they evolve over time, but every state has its own constitution. Every state has its own form of government. And there are there, which was a first time in the history of this world that that existed, that you had a group of, of Nate of states come together to form a central nation. And remember our, our federal government was not meant to be as powerful as it is. That is something no. that is. That is something that came purely out of the last century. It's it was started under Roosevelt during uh, it, after uh, the Great Depression, and it was finished um, under Johnson. And so, right, bring, bringing out this this idea that government is as big as it is that there are 17 million Americans right now who work for the government. 17 million Americans work for the government in some form or another. And nothing against those 17 million people who are who are working hard to earn a living. I love the fact that people are working. I love the fact that you're working hard to earn a living and, and to do that. And many of you take that hard-earned money and you spend it with Metal Cloak, and, and we love you for that too. But 17 million people work for the government. That's a huge part of our of our population that is there really supporting government programs. And many of them are federal right? I mean, there are federal programs that are just growing and growing and growing because of this constant idea that the federal government needs to be doing things for the individual. When it used to be that the federal government did one primary thing, and that was protecting our nation. It also right. it also provided um, financial support because of the Fed and all that, which is a whole another discussion we can have someday about gold standards and all that. But it was there to provide this, this centralized structure. And then the states themselves produced programs to help their local communities and the local communities did programs to help their citizens. And it flowed down that way. But it seems now that if a citizen has a problem, the first thing he wants is the federal government to solve it. And, and I, it's hard for me because that's not how I operate. Last night, um, I went down to the Rayleigh store because we foster children and so, I mean, we have a new foster baby. So I went down to Rayleigh's, which is our local supermarket. And I had WIC. WIC is women, infants, and children. Um, it is money that the state gives us to buy food and formula and other things for um, the foster children that we have. And, you know, it, it's one of those that I get torn on that because this is a in some cases, we're fostering. In some cases, um, uh, parents and moms and single moms use WIC because they just need it because they don't have much money. And I think it's 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 totally appropriate. On the other hand, I'm not that person. I can afford to buy this stuff myself. I can afford to buy milk for my kids. There's there's no no lacking that. So standing in line and using the WIC money from the state to buy milk for my kids versus just pulling cash out of my pocket. It's, it's a struggle for me, but we're somewhat required to do that to show that we're actually this, this, this money giving to us for the kids to prove that we are doing what we need to do to support our foster children. 
um, or our foster daughter that we have now. And then the, yeah, because the, because in essence, the, the child is in the care of the state. So, right. Um, you're, you're a, you're a, a foster to that, that child and taking care of them. I, I, I totally understand that. And I totally see where you're coming from. And this kind of wraps all the way back around to where you were initially talking about Landon's trip and being in a small community where everybody's helping each other. Now this is expanded a million times over to where people now rely on uh, the, the sheer numbers, like you stated, 17 million people working for the federal government. This isn't, this, this, that was never the intention of the founding fathers. And it's been interesting over the, even the course of my life in the last 30 years of awareness, I guess, of government, um, we really have, we haven't done a good job in my personal opinion of, of doing the things that we should be doing on our own to, to create a better lifestyle or a better country for us individually we typically do rely on big brother we rely on the federal government or these large organizations we could bring this down even to where we rely on large manufacturers of single products whether it be apple or sony or whomever that provides us something that that we need we want we go to them instead of creating something on our own it's easier for us to go to somebody that's much more more powerful and ask them, this is what we want and have them create it rather than creating what we want ourselves. Absolutely. And it, it becomes a big difference between that, the, the family. And I have friends that have, that have gone off grid. Uh, I have friends that have, you know, that try to live in them on their own and, and, you know, have their chickens and their eggs and their garden and their, their meat that they slaughter. And, and, you know, yet you and I, I'm, I'll get up, I go to the store and I buy the milk and I, buy the the steaks and I, I i you get used to that it's all being provided for you do i know how to live off the land absolutely but it, the easiness of it now that that lends itself to what i call my federal city theory which i've talked about before but it's my federal ther- city theory the reason why you know in general and this comes down to education i believe our education system has done a greater job of dumbing down our population than it has in educating our population i've always believed you read books to learn you go to school to help show how much you learn these days we tend to do a lot less of that so we depend heavily our parents you know depend heavily on school to teach us everything and school doesn't really do a great job of doing that it gives us the basics in most cases but we can talk about the problems of education at another time um but we don't really learn that there's a difference between our local community, our local government, our state government. You know, let's go. We've got city, we've got county, we've got state, and we've got federal. And there is a significant difference in our constitution and in the constitution of our states between each of those. Absolutely. They, they were designed separately. Yet, because when you live in a city, let's take Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, um, you know, New York, any of the major cities where a majority of the population of this country lives every day. When you, when you live in a city, every day you wake up, there are things that are provided for you. Transportation is available. Um, the water is running. The, uh, the electricity is running. The, um, you once a week trash gets picked up. There's all these basic services. If you have a problem, you can call the police. Your life 
is taken care of by these services. You have to pay for many of them and they're not free, but the right, structure right. is there that everything you need. And if you have a problem with the city or if the, the, there's something happening, the city comes in. If there's a flood, the city comes in. You know, we had a, a, a tree fall down a couple of years ago um, in front of us, a big oak tree from our neighbor across the way. The county came in, the county blocked the roads, the county cut it down, the county got rid of it. That was the county took care of it because it was crossing a county road. These are the services that we get used to. And I fully believe that we as individuals don't see a difference between my county coming out and cutting the tree down and the federal government giving me things I want. And that, that leap intellectually doesn't happen. So the federal government should be giving us stuff because, well, my county gives us stuff and my city gives me things and my state gives <laughs> right. me things. So sure. why can't the federal government give me things? So it's a blur. It's an, it's a, this equation in our mind of A equals A equals A. Everything equals everything. So it, <laughs> and, and I believe that has been part of, and overall, again, we get into, into soapboxes and we can get into conspiracies and everything, but that it's been an overall part of, this this push that these major cities become um, a way of making sure the federal government continues to grow and provide services to everybody. Um, I'm going to wow. yeah, that's it's a great a, analogy. The A equals A equals A. That's that's um, that's uh, think about that for a minute. And and again, uh, at the end of the day, we are a a pretty amazing group of people. Um, all across the United States, all across our country, and the the Jeep and and these celebrations like Independence Day, which by the way, I'm not going to call it the Fourth of July because that really is incorrect. It's Independence Day. Well said. Uh, the 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 Independence Day celebrations and, and us spending time with uh, our families and getting together with folks who share. Uh, similar passions and fireworks and parades and all of these things that we do. Um, take a minute this, this year and stand back and just go take a deep breath and, and think about how we got here and what, what systems society has put in place for us to enable to, to do the things that we love and we enjoy. And then think about all the people who have fought, for those rights and to, to enable us to keep doing what we're passionate about. That's amazing. Absolutely. And, and not only we've talked about it on Memorial day, we talk about it on veterans day. Um, and it was big for me to, it's always big for me to remind people Memorial day is about remembering those who have fallen, but think about how many who died just to make this country independent. The, 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 uh, the, the revolutionary war, um, I don't even have those numbers here in front of me, but the Revolutionary War and the number that died just with the idea that America can be great and we're going to build it up into something. And, it, and, and in my opinion, it is. It's still one of the greatest nations on the earth. Um, it still is one, the most powerful nation on earth, um, no matter who's at the helm. And it's it truly is uh, spectacular. Yeah, um, absolutely. So speaking about America and patriotism, uh, you know, there's two things. One, um, we're the modern Jeeper, and that means that we're about Jeeps. And I think it's very appropriate for us to point out that it's patriotism that birthed the Jeep. 
It's patriotism that created the Jeep. When the, when World War II, when it looked like World War II was coming about, uh, the federal government went out and said, hey, and they went to, was it something like 65 uh, or no, 135 companies were contacted by the federal government and said, we would like to have this vehicle. And so four-wheel drive reconnaissance car is what they called it. And only two companies responded. The rest were too busy doing it because, again, the war had not started yet. It wasn't this, all right, we're at war, call to it, and all, of, all you know, and, and all these great companies stopped producing their, their product as they were selling and started producing war materials. That happened later. But here it was like, hey, there's a potential we might go into it. We're trying to be proactive. We'd like these 135 country companies to take a look at it. And two came through, American Bantam Car Company and the Willys Overland. Uh, yep. company. And both of those came out with ultimately what, and we won't get into the full history of it, ultimately what became the Jeep. That patriotism, that drive, that desire to do something for our country, um, it, to me is the essence of it. The Jeep is patriotism. The Jeep represents patriotism. It is unfortunate that, you know, Jeep after, uh, after the economic crash of 2008, um, and the changes done by the Obama administration ended up in um, in Chrysler and being shut down. And I could get into penalizing the um, the uh, company that owned it at the time, the uh, the private equity firm that owned Chrysler at the time, and and maybe some penalties against them. But that's a whole nother discussion that somebody will probably get mad at me about. <laughs> um, but with FCA now, FCA that being said has done a fantastic job of maintaining and building the Jeep brand and maintaining that American identity to the point that they're building new factories, which we talked about before in the United States for the building of the Jeep. So kudos to them for understanding that the Jeep is patriotism, that Jeep is America, that Jeep is probably the core of what we see uh, America being. Is 100% of the Jeep parts made in the US? No. Um, but you were kind of talking about that. And I liked your challenge, Corey, about... Uh, about uh, what you should be doing this weekend on July 4th. Yeah, so, you know, when, before uh, before Matt and I got started on today's podcast, we kind of just briefly touched base. And I, I'm putting it out there as, you know, typically that's what we do to celebrate, right? We go to a fireworks display, we have a barbecue, we invite friends over, we get a bunch of beer and we sit around and we, you know, pat each other on the back and tell each other how good we are. Um, I would like to put it out there that this year um, y- we need to be more aware of, of what we're actually, how we got here. So my challenge is when you go out and you buy something, let's, let's, let's set it as this is, this podcast is going to come out on Thursday. Let's set it from Thursday until the end of the weekend till Sunday. If there is something that you've been wanting to purchase, I don't care if it's big, small, make a point and buy something that's made in the U.S. It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to go out and, and you know, go steal somebody's sheep or lamb and throw some <laughs> wool together and make a sweater. Um, but I'm just saying, make make an attempt, make an effort to, whether it's been assembled in the United States, whether it was made, built, bought in the United States, something, something to that effect. You've been looking at a a bumper um, and don't, don't go buy the aftermarket uh, from overseas. The, the, the Chinese made stuff, buy something that's from the United States. That's my challenge. And when you buy it, think about it, think about 
how that product got into your hands. I think that's really important as we, we go through this, this weekend of, of celebration, we should be celebrating the United States and our independence. So buy something Absolutely. that was made here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, that's a very good point. It's buy American. Uh, I'll do a little plug Buy American, buy metal cloak. Hey, um, hey, there you go. But you're right. Going and take the time to look at it because it's, you'd be amazed. If you start looking at labels, you'd be amazed how many things are made elsewhere. You know, I think I just, uh, Eddie Bauer t-shirt, but it's probably that had an American flag on it. Pretty cool shirt, but yeah, it's made in Bangladesh or, or, or Vietnam or something because some, some industries just have not done a good job of surviving here because it was so easy to export them. Um, it's, but take that time to, to support America. We have many of our partners, many of our great companies that we work with that are, are made in USA, whether it's, it's factor 55 or, or, um, Warren spider web shade, spider web shade. Warren, many of their components are overseas. Some of their winches actually come are built overseas, but many of their products are made in the U.S. In fact, we'll be doing a factory tour um, of uh, their their place uh, next week. Um, That's right. And, and to see, so they do have an American factory. Um, you know, we, many of these companies we work with do make their their products um in the u.s so and there are many like i said there are many that don't however this weekend focus on the made in ussa companies focus on taking the time to support our made in usa partners um absolutely and, and that is that's huge i love that Corey. I'm, I'm glad you put that out there you know Talking about Made in USA, talking about American heroes and, and groups, um, I just recently saw a news piece pop up um, that I might throw on a modern jeeper, um, but Roger Penske. Roger Penske is a true American, right? Uh, won, I believe he won that Indianapolis 500 18 times, Daytona, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the guy was just a phenomenal, phenomenal race car driver. And many of you see the Penske trucks out there and, uh, and see uh, you know, Penske moving, Penske Auto Group. Well, I kind of bring him up in this modern cheaper era because his company, Penske, also owns Trucklight, which owns Rigid. And many of us are familiar with Rigid because they kind of got started with providing lights in the Jeep community and then grew from there. Um, he was honored or he's being honored this year. And it just came out that Trump's going to be giving him um, a um, presidential medal of freedom, right. For all he's accomplished, which is pretty incredible. Um, it's the, that is the medal of freedom. I believe is the highest honor given to a civilian, right? It's it, the, the highest honor um, to a military man would be uh, the medal of honor. Um, highest honor to a civilian is medal of freedom. I believe that's correct. Um, and so he's going to be receiving this, but it's a, it, he's an incredible guy who has just worked so hard to build up, uh, um, a great, um, great see, giving back, I guess the word I'm trying to say, he's, he's given back to a country that gave him so much opportunity, right? He didn't come from a lot and he was able to build and be very smart about it. He's worth probably a billion and a half dollars now. He's got this $26 billion company um, and he's, he's built it all up with, with, with pride and with um, being such a, a, such a good uh, member of the community. But something people may not know when, when the economy crashed and General Motors went through its restructuring where pretty much most of it was given to the uh, United Auto Workers, 
um, one, one brand there, Saturn, which was a non-union shop. And again, I don't have anything against union workers, but it was a non-union shop and it was a unique way of doing automotive. And that brand was going to be shut down. Basically, it was part of the deal. Uh, Saturn was going to be shut down and moved on, which it ultimately did get shut down. Penske tried to buy it. Penske saw the value in what they were trying to achieve with Saturn. And so he tried to buy it. But he didn't want to build factories. He wanted to continue to contract with the current General Motors factories. And so, um, but that was denied. If if he was to buy it, he was going to have to take it whole own, create his own factories and build it up and find a way to manufacture it. They didn't want to manufacture it anymore. So that was shut down. So he didn't get to save that brand. But truly a, a great American. And um, and you get the Medal of Freedom. Um I kind of brought this up. It's because pretty cool. It, it is. It, it's it's it, it. The Medal of Freeman. The idea that we as individuals can be more than just a cog in the wheel. That you can actually make a difference, and that kind of lends myself to this week. We're not really going to do a tech tip of the week. Um, I know we've kind of been all over the place here, but Corey, you wanted to talk about another man who truly made a difference. And uh, somebody who uh, kind of impacted us recently. Well, you know, <clears throat> the, the the somebody like a, a Penske in our environment that stands out and does so much for so many people, and we have all of these people all across the United States that that do these very small things that end up being much bigger later. But we never we we take so much for granted. People that. Uh, come in and out of our lives that we'll we'll meet in an event we may or may not ever um and uh you know rod hall just passed away who was huge in the the off-road motorsports a legend in the the off-road motorsports racing industry and then just recently um as of day before yesterday we lost kevin carroll who may not have been uh, a quote-unquote penske in in the country but sure made a huge impact to those around the moab area um this was a guy that that i met a number of years ago he's kind of a a local to us being on the western slope of colorado because we've we've known kevin for a long time and when when he developed the red dot cars um, red dot engineering rear steer buggies uh, we all went out to to area BFE, I guess that was about four years ago. And they they were the first rear steer buggies to actually conquer that trail called Black Flag at area BFE. Now, area BFE isn't open right now, but maybe again someday it will be. But watching him and, and his friends and some cars that he had engineered and built, um, he was so much fun to, to just – be around um sorry take a moment he was kevin was a, a definitely a guy of extremes he i i jokingly say that he he got bored with the off-road side and started playing with airplanes um but that was his his passion his passion was both off-road his his passion was doing anything extreme so tell and, us about that. So what actually happened to him? You mentioned the airplanes. What, what actually happened to Kevin? 
Well, I, I don't have a lot of details on on actually um, what happened. We we do know that he he took off from the Moab airport um, in the morning and was expected by noon to return to the Moab airport and was missing as of six seven o'clock that afternoon. This was the day before yesterday, and uh, they the next morning. Um, I actually had received some text messages from uh, our friend Jeremy Rowan at, at Outlaw, who was kind of keeping me in the loop of, of that, that Kevin was missing. And then they had located his plane and it had crashed uh, near the Canyonlands. And he and uh, another passenger, um, I'm not sure if I ever met Jay, but uh, there was only two people on board his, his little cub airplane. And yeah, and it, it, uh, He's, he uh, he apparently crashed, and we don't know why. It's, it's still under investigation as to to how it happened. But, so you're uh, telling me, though, just in classic Kevin Carroll style, this plane wasn't normal. No, it's and and again, I don't know the real particulars of it, but I do know that it had been modified, and and Kevin was he was that extreme kind of guy. I don't think he he would be okay with leaving something alone. It was kind of like his his vehicles; they were. Uh, very much overbuilt and and well built, well engineered um, places. These these he took the cars places that I would I couldn't even imagine. I like literally. Um, I just I we we redid the story on the Modern Jeeper website and we uh, republished that from the past. I I uploaded an additional I don't know hundred images uh, that I had just to kind of give folks an idea of that. There's there's places that he would drive his vehicles and and the folks that he ran around with it was just amazing i mean uh folks may be familiar with jeff mckinley who uh, ended up with the iron man car that was also a red dot engineering buggy and jeff is the one who uh, successfully traversed the yukon uh, mountain at king of the hammers a couple of years back uh, in that car so again uh, good guy he's going to be terribly missed by a lot of people in the industry and uh, he was just such a such an inspiration he would definitely be the one who would push you to do something that you didn't think you could do and that's kind of how he lived his life very extreme well it sounds like a true patriot to me absolutely and it says a lot it, it is tough when we lose somebody suddenly i mean with that's it yet in this case he probably went the exact way he'd want to. He probably didn't didn't want to. Uh, you know, I'm sure he would want to live a longer life and accomplish more. And who knows what we won't see because of his passing. But uh, you know, he was living the life his way, being a patriot about it, uh, being a great American, and following that American individualism, that American spirit that we've been talking about today. And um, and in that, he had a probably a mistake or an accident or some mechanical failure and, and uh, was taken from us too soon. But, uh, but he, he lived a life without regrets. It sounds like. Absolutely. I, I was reading something on Facebook and of course this is all happening, happening while I'm, I'm driving across the country, but somebody had mentioned that uh, they would have never expected Kevin uh, to have left us uh, lying in bed. And, And that's actually, very, very true. Yeah. Um, and it, it is just, uh, 
he's a, he's a great patriot, a great American, and Rod Hall as well, and and the other people that we we lose in our lives, you know, and it's part of us all getting older in and of itself, right? As we get older, there's this greater chance, and and I look at my own life, and I, I look at what I want to have for my kids, and I want to have be around, but we also got to continue to move forward with life, and we can't sit in a protective bubble. Um, mistakes happen. I'm actually working now to get my pilot's license. Um, it's my next my next goal. And um, I see these type of things and I go, okay, you know, don't let the wife see that article because, um, you know, that she might, might freak out a little bit, but you've got to live your life and you've got to enjoy your life. You know, you, you've got to take the time to do the things you love to do. And, and Kevin's example of, of doing things with passion, doing them right the first time, um, not shying away from it is something we should all follow. Very true. Very well. Very well put. Well, on on, I hate to leave things on that note, but um, this is the Fourth of July. Uh, most of you will be listening to this um, as the day gets started, um, which means that the evening hasn't yet come, the fireworks haven't yet come, but really, the Independence Day of America is a day of celebration. As you're sitting there watching uh, the fireworks, which, yes, I will acknowledge that while we can buy American-made fireworks, they were invented in China. That's okay. (laughs) We're allowed to have things here that are invented elsewhere. Um, You're watching the fireworks, whether it's in your own front yard or or at some local county fair or over the lakes or, or wherever you happen to be be doing that 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 celebration of American independence. Think about what Corey said. We are celebrating America's independence. Every time you see one of those, one of those uh, fireworks explode in the sky, think of the Star Spangled Banner, right? Think about what it took to build this nation. Think about what patriotism brought us the Jeep. Think about the patriotism that brings us a Penske or brings us NASCAR, brings us uh, the things that we love every day that you use every day, brings us uh, America brings us freedoms, brings us modern Jeeper, brings us metal cloak, brings us uh, our, our great companies and friends. Think about that freedom that has brought us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We are truly blessed to be in this nation. And on today, this patriotic, patriotic episode, I just wanted to share and make sure that all of us were thinking about what it means to be a patriot what it means to be uh, uh, an American, and in my case, what it means to be a member of the Cloaked Republic. <laughs> Very well put. And uh, yes, it's it's Fourth of July out there for our listeners. So be safe. Um, have a have a great great weekend. And um, yeah, do something that supports your country. And 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 don't look back. Uh, let's live from what our, our founding fathers put together for us and let's move forward and make it better. Absolutely. And if you guys are going to be out there in Disney, Oklahoma, go out there, see Corey. That's a great location, great event. Good times had by all. If we're going to be out in Tillamook next weekend. If you are from Northern, if you're in Northern uh, Oregon area or you're out there in the Oregon area and you just want to come by and say hi, because I know many of our listeners are in that area, come by and say hi. Happy to meet you. Love to meet you. Love meeting um, uh, our customers and our listeners. So thank you so much. Every one of you, God bless you. God bless America. And we will see you on the trails. Cheers. 
This podcast will self-destruct in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.